I'm sitting in a conference room. I have a CEO on one side, a COO on the other, which I'm sure you can appreciate. And we're, we've got a live dashboard up and I'm giving them a walkthrough. Bling, live response from someone complaining. And my CEO looks at me and goes, ha ha, you got a problem. And then my COO is kind of giggling also like, oh, I guess you got to get to work. And within seconds, there was already a response from the manager that they're on it. They're walking out there to have the conversation. And, you know, and then within a minute of me showing them the interactions, there's already notes in there from the feedback they received from the customer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Account Experience Podcast. And today, we're excited to welcome Andre Salachek. Andre is the co-founder of Satismeter, an NPS and experience software based out of Prague. Customer Gauge and Satismeter recently solidified a great partnership we're all really pumped about, so we're happy to have him on today. In this episode, Andre talks about the importance of closing the loop as quickly as humanly possible, and he even gives a couple really cool tips of how you can do it in real time while your customers are either still in your product or still using your service. You won't want to miss this one, so without further ado, let's dive on in. I'm here as always with my co-host, Carrie T. Self. Say hello, Carrie. Hello, everyone. And today we have a special guest. Uh, we're very excited to welcome Andre Shedzlakic. Uh, he's the co-founder of Satismeter. Um, so Andre is one of our recently minted partners, uh, which we're really excited about. Um, and he runs an NPS and experience software based out of Prague. Um, very exciting news. As I mentioned, we have a great partnership in place. We're really excited to talk to you, Andre. So welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Yeah. So let's kick off the way we always do here. So tell us a little bit about Satismeter and how you help your customers. Sure. So basically, we help companies with uh, online presence to automate feedback gathering through different online channels, uh, typically in-app, inside the web app, inside the web product, inside the web portal, plus inside mobile apps and also via email. And we combine all these channels to get as much feedback as possible. Typically, as this channel is mostly about NPS, so I would say 90% of, of the feedback we gather is NPS feedback followed up with some kind of uh, some additional questions. But uh, as I mentioned, the, the combination of different online channels uh, gives us uh, great way to precisely target each user at the right time. So uh, we get like good response rates and we get uh, feedback in context of the product itself. I know yeah. we're going to jump. I was going to say, I'm excited. I'm sorry. And I, I <laughs> no, go, go. I'm eager to jump in here. You know me. Um, um, so it's fascinated because, because again, I, Ian and I have really been looking forward to talking to you and I know we're going to get into the meat of how this works and, and how it can really help businesses. But what I'm curious is before we even get there, how did you get to this point? What was that path or that journey that got you to the place where this is a need and this is how mm -hmm. we're gonna create that? <laughs> Thank Thanks, Kai. Uh, that's actually a great question. So as quite a lot of uh, startups or a lot of SaaS companies, 
the need came from ourselves. Uh, you know, we are co-founder brothers, me and Jakub, who is the technical uh, person, technical mind behind Salismeter. And in 2015, he was the head of front-end engineering in Good Data, which is a like big data company. And they were designing new dashboard. Uh, they had like the standard setup of analytical tools. So they knew exactly what, where each customer uh, clicked, you know, each user, how they behaved. But they figured out they did not know why in some cases, you know. So they searched for a simple solution that would ask them, ask users, you know, if they're satisfied with the current setup and what they would improve. Uh, they did not find anything and they actually developed a first like super simple pop-up inside the dashboard. And they saw this amazing value of like feedback inside the product specifically ta tailored to like certain point in the user experience. And as, as uh, this seems to be an issue with quite a lot of online businesses, uh, we decided to build a product out of this uh, need, you know, and basically it, it's been almost six years ago and we are still, we still think this is important enough to actually dedicate our time to. I'm, I'm genuinely getting goosebumps and excitement over this because I think this is one of what, like so many companies we talk to their challenge. They're moving from this phone call or face-to-face -face relationship to this automated, mm -hmm. um, you know, SaaS online platform. And you said something really important. I heard one word in there that just screamed, why? Why did you click that? Or why did you go that route? And being able to ask them at that point is so powerful. And then expanding that yeah, out yeah. to just different parts of the relationship is just, just amazing. When did you know you were onto something? What was the, was there a light bulb moment or an aha moment where you said, okay, this is it, we've got it. So uh, actually like we had quite a good, uh, good start. So like immediately after, after launching it, uh, we were able to get into segment.com ecosystem or like a couple of months into it, which where we actually the first uh, net promoter score uh, feedback survey and that got us like first initial customers. And after that, I would say like the more and more you see uh, even large online companies struggle with actually not only uh, improving the customer experience, but even building like the product that would actually, uh, you know, help their customers do what they, what the core of their business is. There is still a big gap of, you know, what uh, the user experience is and what is, what it should be like in most cases. So obviously this is uh, the, uh, NPS channel, so uh, like people, people will hear me out on this, and uh, everyone, you know, sometimes even you, you go, I'm, I don't know, you go shopping on Amazon, and you just scream at the, like, <laughs> <laughs> at the monitor, how this is possible in 2020, yeah. you know. So um, we still, we still feel uh, there's a lot to improve in online world. So. 
Yeah, love that. I, it, it truly is. And you, and you hit a hot topic there with Amazon. I've yelled at them quite a few times, no. both in enjoyment and happiness, but also in frustration. Um, but, uh, which is quite interesting because uh, for me, Amazon is one of the, uh, uh, like they do a lot of things right. You know, they try to optimize the user experience as much as possible. Uh, but still, it's sometimes frustrating, so. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure we'll get uh, like into these topics later on. So. Yeah, oh. it's it's interesting. I mean, Amazon definitely takes a different approach to it. They they really doubled down like the effort it took to complete. And I think B two B that that is applicable. But there's also NPS. There's something about it that just is super simple, but also actionable. And there's a lot of great stuff. So let's let's shift gears here and talk about action, right? Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about closing the loop on this program, I think we've probably done five episodes on that alone, right, Carrie? at this point? We're big believers of closing the loop, driving real results for companies. And that means, you know, happier customers, that means more revenue for your business, all of that great stuff. If you don't close the loop, a lot of the times that stuff doesn't happen. Um, so, and I know Andre, and one of the main reasons I wanna bring you on here is you guys have a really cool product. That's another reason why we partnered with you guys uh, outside of you, you both being uh, awesome guys, but um, you have some really interesting use cases that you leverage your product for. Um, could you give us a couple examples of that uh, within Satismeter? Mm -hmm. Of course. So, so actually what we see uh, quite a lot of our customers use us uh, along with other tools that are like live chat or, you know, Intercom, Zendesk, HubSpot, uh, these type of tools, um, where actually it's possible for the us delivering the NPS feedback survey inside, let's say, a web app where marketers monitor, you know, the media presence, for example. They see the pop-up, they answer, uh, they're not, not happy, right, why? And, like, immediately... Uh, as we collect the feedback, we can create it, a ticket in the live chat system. So the customer success people or key account managers can actually reach out through the live chat and resolve the problems of the user while they are still using the product. You know, mm -hmm. so imagine like uh, imagine two different scenarios. One is you know they write uh, uh, some kind of text that they don't, you know, you know, they, they answer the, the survey, it goes into a mailbox and someone reaches out the next day. Mm -hmm. And the second scenario, uh, you know, they wrote to the, the bad feedback and in 30 seconds, someone contacts them and resolves the problem, educates mm -hmm. them how, how like it is, it is happened. Um, so the, you know, the reaction, the quick reaction, usually helps you mitigate the, not only resolve the problem, but also mitigate the psychological, um, you know, you know the bad emotion, because yes. like if you can switch it like this, you know, uh, super, super quickly, it's totally different than if it just boils in you for the for, for 24 hours before someone reaches back. And mm -hmm. also uh, some of our customers really like it because uh, it uh, like during the 24 hours when it was uh, inside you, there is quite a lot of impact on like social media, you know, bad reviews True. and stuff. And, really and with point. this, with this, you can you can actually 
resolve much of that. Yeah, you, you, he checked all the boxes. I was like, I was like, <laughs> what about social media? Because that's where they're going next, and and all this, and 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 we talk about this. The, the sooner you can close that gap in time and yeah. get with them, the sooner you can start being part of the solution and at least listening. And mm. I think that's what most people want. It's look, I'm not expecting you to fix it, but I want to know you heard me. Exactly. And this acknowledge, acknowledge that. that that we are working on it, and then yep. you know you don't need to say to the customer, okay, I resolve it. But if they complain, you you need to say, okay, I hear you, and we really need to do something about it. And obviously, if if once you resolve the problem, you should reach out. Uh, back to them and say, okay, we resolve this. And usually, yeah. Th there's something really interesting about closing it quickly, right? And, and again, yeah. I want to harp on that because that's a that's a very important distinction. Uh, we always talk about closing the loop, but if you have a detractor and they give a score, and a lot, I mean, how many times have we all been there where we're submitting feedback online and we're like, there's nobody behind this, they're not going to contact right. me. Yeah. I mean, and then you submit that feedback, and then you have somebody on you, and you're a detractor, and you you have that dissonant feeling, but that customer service rep or the account executive is on you within 15 seconds saying, Hey, I got this. Like, I'm going to look into it for you. That is an amazing thing. And I, I carry, it reminds me a lot of the story. I mean, this is kind of funny, but the burger story in the yeah. airport. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to give a quick, like two second overview of that, but um, the, it almost takes that detractor and, and pushes them into a promoter probably better than anything. Even if you close the loop at a standard level, our, SLA is like 48 hours to 72 hours is about right. Mm -hmm. But if you do it real time, I mean, I got to imagine that moves them past the passive into a promoter, which is a really powerful thing. So kicking it over to Carrie for that one. Yeah. You, you, well, you've heard me say this a million times. I think, <laughs> I think detractors are your next promoters. I, I yeah. really do. I think they're the ones that have the highest expectations. And if you win their hearts over, they move quickly into that promoter world. But you know, it's funny. One of the reasons why we selected customers, I was a customer of Customer Gauge um, before I was a Gagey. And one of the main reasons why we selected them was because they counted response in seconds, not in minutes or hours. And we always hear it's, it's like we're changing the metric on this because now with the immediacy of response, but I'm sitting in a conference room. I have a CEO on one side, a COO on the other, which I'm sure you can appreciate. And we're, we've got a live dashboard up and I'm giving them a walkthrough, right? I'm giving them the high level, like, I don't want to confuse my CEO conversation. Bling, live response from someone complaining about two people in line who are two people at, you know, at the, at the cash grab. And my CEO looks at me and goes, ha ha, you got a problem. And then my COO is kind of giggling also like, oh, I guess you got to get to work. And within seconds, there was already a response from the manager that they're on it. They're walking out there to have the conversation. And, you know, and then within a minute of me showing them the interactions, there's already notes in there from the feedback they received from the customer. And it, it, it doesn't, it wasn't resolved right there in the moment in front of them, but just to know that we acted, we heard them when they spoke immediately, takes that waiting time away. Cause that's yeah. what pisses people off really. I just gave you something now I'm gonna sit here and wait. I'm, I'm not a waiter, you know, I'm like, I, I want action. And it, I just, it's, yeah, I, you know, I think it's a perfect example of that story of being able to do that same experience that happened in front of a restaurant. Now to have that inside your platform, where you don't even have to ask for a manager to come over, someone's already on it, you know, your, yeah. your, your message alerted them.
and also uh, like for me uh, these days, you know, as as the integration of Satis Meter and Customer Gauge, and integration with other tools, like uh, you can build the whole ecosystem so it works like frictionless, you know. Yeah. So so it pops up in, inside the mobile app, you know. We we send it into Customer Gauge, uh, so so you can take it, uh, you know couple of seconds after the uh, person submitted it. Also, we, uh, we, we can create a new, new uh, message into your Slack or Microsoft Teams. So even the people who are not sitting inside, uh, you, you know, the product itself or customer gauge uh, still know what, what's going on, you know. So, so uh, with, with the whole ecosystem, I, I think like this, is a beginning of a new era that people will actually expect this to, you know, and actually, which is quite uh, also maybe a little bit contradictive because obviously once people expect it, if you don't deliver it, you, uh, you know, once it's become a new norm, then people are, are actually angry if you don't provide this. This episode of the Account Experience Podcast is sponsored by Customer Gauge, the leading B2B experience software that ties revenue to your experience data in real time to help you make better account-centric decisions that drive revenue growth. Quick question, what do you guys think is the number one reason B2B experience programs fail? Believe it or not, it's lack of C-suite buy-in. In in Customer Gauge's research with MIT, they found the quickest way to align yourselves with the C-suite is to actually align with what they care about most, which is revenue. That's why Customer Gauge is literally built from the ground up to maximize and track the revenue contribution from your experience program in real time. Companies like DHL, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken, OneLogin, Iron Mountain, H&R Block, SuperOffice, and SugarCRM are already using Customer Gauge to maximize their growth by tying their programs to revenue. And with over $10 billion worth of account revenue actively being managed in Customer Gauge, yeah, that's billion with a B, they're the leader in the space. But maybe even more interesting, we found that once you get alignment with that C-suite, the needs of these B2B practitioners or the program champions are evolving too. In such a complex account environment, it can be really tough to measure and act on feedback quickly across multiple departments, divisions, or even locations. Luckily, Customer Gauge has you covered there as well. With account-native features that easily help you not only measure the feedback from multiple stakeholders in an account, but act on that feedback in real time. Because at the end of the day, if you're not empowering your frontline staff with the right insights to address customer issues, you're going to be dealing with a churn issue. It's not a matter of if, it's really a matter of when. Customer Gauge helps you distribute this experience data across your entire organization, regardless of department, regardless of location, regardless of division, all in real time. No manual spreadsheets or a team of analysts are needed. Customer Gauge's goal is to help you create an entire company committed to best serving your accounts. And that's a powerful thing. If you want to see Customer Gauge in action, go ahead and check out customergauge.com and get a demo of account experience today. You won't regret it. That's a question, because you brought this up and I want to dive into this for a couple of minutes because I know we have people listening you're like, oh yeah, but it's not that easy. I'm sure it's a lot of work or this is going to take me. So talk to us a little bit. Imagine I'm I'm not tech savvy at all. Give me the pitch. Tell me how easy this is to set up in my platform. 
it's super easy. <laughs> okay, we're done. Next question. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Okay. So, so basically, uh, there are two uh, two ways how to actually start using uh, Sally's meter uh, inside your web app. Let's let's talk about the web, uh, which I would say most of our listeners will, will uh, use. And that's actually if you use Segment.com, which is the customer data hub. Like installing Sally's meter means just clicking two buttons, like enable Sally's meter, and that's it, basically. Mm. Uh, and it, it like directly uh, installs Sally's meter code into your into your product, uh, and we you can you can start getting feedback in seconds, basically. Uh, if you don't use Segment.com, you can still take the simple uh, piece of code, put it into into your web app or web portal website. Uh, and usually, uh, a skilled developer can set it up in 20 minutes. You know, so obviously some testing. So if you start implementing this in the morning, in the afternoon, you should be able to start collecting feedback. Yeah, it's funny. We set up like a 30-minute demo for you to show us. I remember and you were <laughs> yeah. done like in three minutes. Like, well, what do we talk about now? It's <laughs> it's set up and ready to go. And it was it, it really was that. You talk about it becoming effortless and frictionless for the mm -hmm. experience, but really the setup felt the same way. So uh, I think like the setup of the feedback collection is one thing, but then usually people start hitting the wall of the integrations, you know, and suddenly they see that okay, this is a Salesforce uh, environment, and I cannot like put something from Microsoft environment or something like that, but. Um, we try to like keep this as smooth as, as possible. So uh, when we when we see a requirement for a new integration that makes sense for a lot of co our customers, like the customer gauge integration, then we just put put a native integration. You know, you just click uh, the button, integrate, maybe copy a, a key, you know, from the other tool, and that's it. Oh yeah. It should be it should be frictionless as well. Yeah, I love that. I think frictionless. Going back to the Amazon example, I mean that's something that, I mean ninety five percent of the time they, they nail right is is just that yeah. frictionless experience. Yeah. I think, and you also had a really good point is like people are kind of expecting things but also losing patience, uh, especially with the whole COVID situation. Everybody moving digital. Yeah. I think everybody's time is precious, right? So, um, and that's kind of a, a question from my end is is we we've been pushing a lot of this uh taking care of your accounts and retention and it's always we've been saying this for like literally 10 years mm -hmm. um and i think just now with the covid obviously situation that's kind of come to be very important for a lot of companies have you guys experienced a similar kind of uptick from your customers and, and wanting to collect that feedback what does that look like for you guys in your own yes yes uh i, I think it's quite similar uh, to what, what you said and may, maybe even like on on the note of the, you know, on, on the previous topic, uh, like the B two B being slightly different. Um, for me, it seems that the it used to be that B two B were all about like integrating or or building like, like these uh, huge huge systems that you needed needed ten people to you know and a project to install it in a, in, a, in a year. But it seems that the B2B is also moving into the like simple customer experience, you yeah. know, being uh, as, as we as we are doing this, this uh, meeting 
uh, via Zoom, you know. <laughs> it's super simple. I mean, yes. a couple of years ago, that would be some kind of WebEx, you know, Skype for business, something, <laughs> something. Yeah. So true. I mean, I remember using GoToMeeting just a couple of years ago, and it was very complex, very spotty. I mean, not to trash them on on (laughs) the podcast, but I mean, you're right. It's like Zoom does one thing. They do it very well, and it's Mm -hmm. super reliable. And that's that's one of the things that I think everybody loves them for. Uh, But I also think like you're right when you say that the B2B market is gravitating towards B2C style experiences. I think they always do. B2B always trails B2C, but I think it's it's really picking up steam, especially again with the, the situation that these B2B companies realize they need to be a little bit more agile and, and serve their customers better. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting stuff, man. So speaking of the whole, the whole market and obviously the COVID thing, so where do you see kind of the experience market or NPS going in like the next five years? And you've been in the market for, for a while, so you have mm-hmm. a pretty good... Uh, that, that's a great question. So... Um... You know, I don't want to pose as someone who actually knows what's going to be happening in five years. But uh, like from, from what we see, uh, a lot of companies switch from the simple two-question NPS that, yeah. you know, closes with a follow-up loop to something slightly more personalized and more, uh, you, you know, they build a customer journey map. They they know the touch points where they, they need to, figure something out from each of the of the customers each of the users and they they actually target simple either surveys or simple uh you know calls whatever uh so that they know that each of the customers or each of the users is either on the way to get to a hum to the aha moment mm-hmm. or to get to the next uh step uh, on the customer journey map or they can find if there's a blocker so that they can help mm. them move. And this basically, this helps them to uh, like build the customer journey across the product, across the service, across the support, across the key account managers, uh, processes, you know, so that everything is basically one. You don't have the, the product and then someone actually on support tries to explain it to every user, every customer, but you build the product so that it, the customer journey is contained basically in the, in the onboarding and some yeah. kind of wizard, mm. stuff like that. So for me, Sorry. the, again, flaw, frictionless, seamless experience is what, sh- what will be dominating probably. Uh, looking at the uh, NPS world, obviously, uh, I think like, like the the time to close the loop will shorten a lot. Uh, also, uh, the survey delivery will be not only via email or the, like the standard uh, phone calls, but it's going to be through social media, you know, through WhatsApp, uh, through like in-app. Uh, so definitely much much more channels because you need to be as close to the user or the customer as possible exactly. without without bothering them. <laughs> There's the key without bothering them. <laughs> Love that. But yeah, you got to be where your customers are, right? So if they're on WhatsApp, uh, it's going to be yeah. easier for them to answer a WhatsApp survey, 100%. I, I love that, that uh, prediction, but I think that's spot on, man. I think especially 
as you mentioned, the B2B thing, um, we're a, a little bit old school right now. I think that we're learning and COVID's definitely put a lot of learning into that process for us uh, as B2B practitioners. But yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be living in the same channel as your customers do and kind of integrating with them. And I love the piece, not bothering them. What, what do you think, Carrie? Not bothering? Yeah, well, it's got to be convenient. I, I, yes. I agree. I think, I think if you make them work too hard or put too much effort in, you run the risk of either getting an agitated answer or no answer at all. Yeah. Um, and when you were talking, what's going through my mind are like these micro moment transactions that we can survey people on. And it mm -hmm. can actually be in the flow of workflow. So if someone's moving from one report to another, you can say, hey, did that meet your need? Yes, boom, moving on. So it exactly. almost becomes the next button. It becomes the survey itself, yeah. right? And, and I think what we're doing is we're, we're, we're moving quicker. And I think to speak to what you guys are talking about with Amazon, Amazon has kind of done a little bit of this. That that's, you know, like when you, when I'm putting in my return, was that process okay for you? Sure. Are you happy with this result? Yeah. They're surveying me as part of the journey and, and, and the, me getting my job done. And they've exactly. combined that into one button, you know? Yeah. And if it's no, it branches off. Okay, let's do some more stuff then. Or yes, here, here's some new stuff to buy. You know, let's get on to what's really important. <laughs> and it's, it's just interesting to think that way that, especially B2B, you know, we're all busy. We have so much to do now in our daily lives. Can we bake that survey into what they're already doing? Because mm -hmm. I think abandonment is what we see the most, the biggest struggle with with an app, right? There it it is. pop up and it's like, oh, I don't have time for that. That's, I got to get this report from my boss right now. Where if it was part of the, hey, good job. You printed your report. Did that work? Yes or no? Move on. So I think so, that's fascinating so I, and actually, obviously, uh, like none of the users think about it, but a lot of thought needs to go into designing the survey so that it, you know, we always say if the survey is designed right, uh, it will not uh, block the customer. It's as obtrusive as possible. So they can finish what they do and then actually answer the feedback, you know, because obviously if the pop-up would block the whole, the whole screen, Everyone remembers Windows 95 with, uh, you know, un unwanted pop-ups that, that people just ra rage click the paperclip. Paperclip. <laughs> it's the paperclip. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but, but if it's actually unobtrusive, it stays, let's say, at the, at the bottom of the page so you can finish what, they, what you do and then actually leave the feedback. Yeah. You get, you even get much more of the feedback because like people just don't click it so to get, get rid of it. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. It, it's not just about getting it, it's getting more of it, mm -hmm. but making the, put the customer in the right state of mind. You're asking yeah. at the right moment. I, I love that. Yeah, and that's got to drive response rates up considerably too. When you're, like you said, not bothering them, you're hitting them at the right point in their journey, mm -hmm. but you can also be prescriptive too. So you, you can get other customers that are maybe, like you said, blocked and, and have yeah. some sort of a solution to get them from point A to point B, which is uh, a lot maybe of that. Maybe one point that that actually carry open also are the like micro service or or ad hoc service or service at certain touch points throughout the customer life cycle is that uh, I don't see these as uh, you know totally replacing the uh, you know key account managers. I see them as a source of 
information for the key account managers because they can understand uh, like where each customer is much better than you know with like a sing uh, you know it's it's one of the sources of the information the same as the behavior in the product the same as the nps the same as you know knowing they you know use the surveys they log in into the dashboard stuff like that what a perfect point because I don't think we talk enough about that is the person who's literally having to do something with all this yeah. yes. that front line. And for a long time, they spent a lot of their time trying to collect this information from the customer, trying to pull it from them or send an email. And it was a very complicated system. And I think that's another thing when we talk about the next five years, what a great mm -hmm. point. We now are getting that first question out of the way. So when I do have time with my customer, I can get to the meat of the conversation yeah. Based on what I'm seeing and what you've told me through the platform and through the surveys, this is what I recommend. This is what I prescribe. Let me show you a great article on that, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe one more point to this is that actually, if we look at the usage of uh, the, let's say, jobs to be done or user roles in Satismeter, so we see about only about 30 to 40% of our customers are from key account management or customer success. And mm. the rest is actually product people for online products that need as much feedback as they can have yeah. to improve the product experience itself. And obviously they, they are also marketers and like C-level managers, uh, owners, founders. Um, but but uh, it's not only about the customer success, but it's also sending the feedback to the rest of the company, you know, so that right. everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, I love that. And we were big believers in that. We've built a couple of different products internally that do exactly that, pipe the information to the right departments. That's so important and so uh, underrated too. And it of... would be actually, you as a NPS guy would be super surprised how many companies uh, just, you know, have the uh, customer satisfaction tool silos and oh, yeah. the feedback just stays there without, you know, being said to the rest of the company. I, I completely agree. And there's actually one uh, main thing we run into quite often, which is customer success. And I, I've railed on these guys a couple of times. And I think it, overall, it's an amazing thing, right, for everybody. Mm -hmm. But the inherent siloing of customer success with the success style data in their yeah. department. I mean, it's like a natural silo like it's created around that experience data and, and it doesn't do anybody any good because it doesn't get out, doesn't get to the C-suite right. and then you're fighting the battle, which is a whole different thing. But anyways, um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Andrea. That's, that's a great point. And I think maybe let's wrap up with this final question um, and this might put you on the spot, but what is outside of Amazon, what is one of the best experiences you've ever had with a company? Uh, that's... Uh... Interesting question. So I'm not sure if it's the best experience I've ever had, but uh, uh, about a year ago, I, I actually switched to Superhuman. That is nice. uh, 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 the you know, laser-focused uh, email client. Yes. Uh, and I must say, they do things right. You know, really? uh, the interesting thing is that they actually choose if you're the right uh, user for them. 
you know, so they, they, they decline quite a lot of theirs because they see that the match would not be great. So that's one uh, very interesting uh, part of that. But also, uh, you know, they, they give you an intro call for a tool that is, uh, you know, on, on a $10, $10 monthly subscription or something like that. Uh, just to make sure it, it checks uh, with you and they craft the whole customer experience so that uh, you, you know uh, superhuman is built a lot around like uh, key shortcuts and they even built like a simple uh, online game that lets you use the shortcuts you know so that you internalize them so i think uh, that was one of one of the best experience i had uh, switching nice. from the standard gmail into into uh, this like twice as fast mail client because we all live in, or at least I do live in, in, in my mail inbox quite a lot. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've, uh, so I got an invite from a friend that is obsessed with it as well. And I've always been really curious to check it out. So this might be the, the push I need to jump in. So, but so yeah, I, I think there are two, two kinds of people. One who like, are obsessed with it and, does, and use it extensively. And the second one who don't think it's worth paying for a mail client if you have Gmail for free. Yeah, but I find that fascinating. Like any anyone that, that determines if I can be in there or not, I want it more now. Now I want it <laughs> just because they're going to determine if I deserve to have it or not. I, I'm exactly. excited. But, but, but I mean, you hit on something though, right? It's all about emotion. It's all about mm -hmm. falling in love with the businesses and products that we deal with. And Whatever it is, they they tapped into you on that, right? They yep. they found out what's important to you, and there was it's scalable, and you appreciate, you value that. For you, it's it's a small amount to pay for something you love, and I think that's mm -hmm. important. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, Andre, thank you so much for joining us on the Account Experience Podcast. It's been enlightening, uh, our pleasure for sure. Uh, where can people find you? Um, they can find us, you know, e either go to sadismeter.com uh, or, you know, they can always find me via LinkedIn. All righty. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you to my co-host, Carrie T. Self, for joining me today. And uh, we'll talk soon, guys. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Have a great day.